Welcome to Quill Sword Blogcast. 2022 edition campaign finance reform. If you can't vote in it, you cannot donate in it. What? That's not simple enough? Okay, okay, I'll explain. Those of you who didn't get to live through the 80s, condolences, probably don't remember the last heyday of campaign finance reform. Back then, the idea was to prevent under-the-table deals and big donors giving big amounts directly to little candidates in little ponds. So we enacted a bunch of legislation starting in the 70s and ended up with the present mess. At the risk of offending libertarians, buying elections is not free speech, nor is donating ridiculous amounts of money to candidates you literally cannot vote for because you don't even live in their district. That's a thinly-veiled corruption, not free speech. The right to free speech doesn't give you the right to monopolize by buying all the presses or social media sites. I agree with the basic idea that you should be able to give to any candidate that you see fit, but having the right to speak your mind isn't at all the same thing as having the right to own all the megaphones or candidates. So I also agree with the U.S. Supreme Court that it is not an infringement of free speech to limit campaign donations to a particular level. Here's where I get off the train, however. I see no reason why political action committees, PACs, should A, exist, and B, be able to move funds between campaigns with next to no transparency. PACs, for you young'uns, exist to run an end run around the existing campaign financing laws. Now, you'll get an earful as to why they should exist and how helpful they are to candidates from PACs, political parties, and candidates alike. And some of it is even true, or was 20 years ago. But last I looked, crowdfunding is a thing. Why do we need PACs to launder huge amounts of campaign funding? We don't. In my estimation, we also should not allow direct funding of candidates by donors who are not registered to voters in the districts they are donating in. Yes, that means people moving in just before an election will have their donations effect somewhat blunted. But that's only a tiny percentage of voters and a small number of times that it can happen to a given person in a given lifetime. Besides, the campaign probably still needs the money, so other than those with kingmaker delusions, I don't even think very many will feel harmed by having to wait. And they can donate where they are registered, so even the delusion will get to play. I see no reason to not permit donations to political parties and parties being allowed at that point, with strict and immediate transparency, to fund election campaigns. But not primary campaigns. Parties aren't supposed to control who wins a primary. That's for the party members to decide. So no funding primary campaigns unless absolutely every candidate that runs for a given office gets the exact same funding. Yes, I know that would pretty much wreck party finances. It could be done by setting aside funds for primaries and dividing that, but in highly contested races, that money would be divided down to nothing. And Being reasonable, Bob's mayoral campaign shouldn't get as much as Bob's state senate campaign. Nobody said this would be simple. But primaries are where candidates for the general election are chosen. 
Many think this isn't important when it is in fact crucial. Wealthy people, corporations, and others who have no direct connection to the district should not be allowed to fund candidates in that district, whether it's general or primary. They are free to fund parties that fund those candidates. They should not be free to donate to people to, for whom they cannot legally vote, and parties should be strictly limited on how they distribute those funds. For example, Bill Gates can donate to the limit in all the races in his district, but not in other districts, counties, cities, or states. Counties, countries, rather, stupid enough to allow him or any other foreign national to donate to their elections are on their own. He can donate to the limit, to his preferred political party, probably the purple-haired Greens by the time we get any of this passed into law, but not to any other organization that will then donate to either parties or campaigns. That's right, I said any. Corporations being persons is a useful legal fiction, but corporations, businesses, NGOs, PACs, charities, and foreign governments, to name a few, are not voters, let alone human beings. If you can't breathe or legally vote in a given election, you have no business funding candidates in that election. Period. If you want to influence voters, buy ads under your company name. No more paid for by the committee to sound good to voters, but really it's just three clowns with some cash. If you are, as a person or an organization, want to influence voters, then you do it under your own name. If your company has multiple subs subsidiaries, you name the donor and the owner. If need be, all the shell companies too. Y'all are reading a blog, listening to a podcast, or watching a video right now. I know full well you know what the internet is. What would have been a major nuisance 30 years ago is child's play today. If Mr. CEO wants to donate as a company, then the company will be setting up a website for disclosure and it will be linked to all the company's donations. If Company X doesn't want people knowing it donates to absolutely every candidate in the hopes of influencing them later down the line, then Company X doesn't donate. Simple. Government is not supposed to be for sale. It's past time we made that a reality.